What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love show, uh, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs and love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am super honored today to introduce my friend, Michelle Shalen. Hey, Michelle. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? <laughs> Michelle is an amazing Renaissance woman. She is with Mindful Metamorphosis. She's a mindfulness coach, a breathwork facilitator, a sound practitioner, a meditation guide, an international speaker, and a really smart web business person. She didn't say that, but I'm telling you. And, and soon to be an author, by the way. Woohoo! I'm going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Michelle teaches simple, effective techniques to help you handle anxiety, depression, PTSD, physical pain, and more. You learn how to have more control over your thinking and change your subconscious beliefs, ultimately transforming your life. Michelle has over 30 years experience in guiding thousands of people on that journey of personal healing and spiritual growth through private mentoring classes and workshops. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here. Very honored. Oh, I'm so grateful. I mean, we can just talk for hours. We, we just did right? before we even started. <laughs> uh, she's a wealth of wisdom and she's had a really incredible life journey. And so we're going to get all into that. And she's going to share so many helpful, wise things. Um, but my first question, uh, because you're a world traveler and you're getting ready to go to Colombia in a couple months. But um, I wanted to ask you about your experience in Spain because you you had kind of an interesting journey there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was um, one of my butterfly effects for sure as far as a big change in my life. Um, you know, for me, Spain was, you know, everybody has a different experience. People romanticize living in another country a lot, especially uh-huh. even Americans. They think a lot of European places are very exotic, you know, because they've never been. And, oh, Spain, you know, kind of thing. Of course, you know, it's a beautiful country. It's incredible. Uh, the food, the wine. The food is amazing. It's super cheap in a lot of areas, you know, with an except with maybe Madrid and Barcelona is more, but, you know, in general right. around the country, it's very inexpensive, everything. Um, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, stunning wherever you go, north, south, small town, big city, the manor, the beaches are beautiful, the hiking, everything, mountains, everything, absolutely beautiful. Uh, the people in general are really sweet and, mm-hmm. you know, friendly and all that. Um, but for me, um, you know, if you go there, you know, and you have plenty of money to do whatever you want, you don't have to work a lot or you're, you're with a partner doing it, you know what I mean? The experiences can be quite different. Uh, I had to work and I had to work English, English and at home by myself. Um, and I went there with a low level, very low level of Spanish. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't know how to express myself well. I couldn't understand a lot of people when they were talking to me. And especially when you put yourself in situations in a social setting where there's noise, you know, a lot of noise when you're first learning a second language and your level's a little lower. Even when your level's higher, I, I was told by friends that spoke English 
that they had high level English, but they weren't fluent. And, and if they got in a situation where a lot of people were talking fast or interrupting or a, a noisy situation, like a bar or restaurant, it was hard for them. They told me, and I was like, wow, really? Cause you know, a lot of Americans, they think, Oh, you lived over there for a few years. You're fluent now. No, right. right. <laughs> no. And, um, also, when I went into the situation, I was—I ju- just separated from my then husband of 27 years. We ended up getting a divorce at 30 years, and I went into that situation with a lot of these these feelings. Okay, uh, a lot of sadness, a lot of grieving, a lot of fear of being alone. Uh, I stayed in the relationship like many people do longer than I was healthy for me um, because of being alone. And um, I realize now, because I got to process it a lot more, you know, not being around him and being on my own and everything, um, that, you know, I felt very, very alone as a, as a child. I knew that, but I never put the label around it alone, you know. And then when I met him when I was 25, he gave me more support and, and encouraged me more than anybody in my whole life. And so I didn't feel alone with him, like alone in the world. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, and I think being alone, feeling alone as a child, it was scary. You know what I mean? And so that's what made me, that's what happened to me where I, it was scary. It was a scary thing to be alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here I, I placed myself in this situation. It was interesting. I went there to get a distraction, have an adventure, and improve my Spanish. That was my conscious level. Right, right. <laughs> my conscious decision. But I think my subconscious universe put me there to face my biggest fear was to be alone. Mm. And I couldn't have been more alone. Okay, with the language and being alone and working alone and not being by anybody and not knowing, you know, everything. But my, my, my life felt like a movie. Everything was different. Everything. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and I said to my friend one time, my, it feels like my life is a movie. It's like I'm looking at it. You know what I mean? It's so different. Because um, I went from a family, a community, you know, I was a, a volunteer and a business person in the community, marriage for a really long time. You know, everything, everything changed. Um, so it was very exciting. And uh, I met all kinds of friends that I still t- stay in touch with. Definitely going to visit, maybe even live there part-time in the future. I would love to. Um, but uh, it was also the most difficult thing I ever did in my life because of just the, you know, the situation of the difficulties that you had. Like I said, it's romance, it's romance a lot about right. living in another country, but there's a lot of difficulties, bureaucracy around visas and all kinds of difficulties. You're not going to get like, if you could come like here in America, you can be, hey, I want to talk to the manager. This is a problem. That doesn't work in Spain. <laughs> or Italy or France. They're, or- like, they're like, what do you, what do you, what's your problem? You know what I mean? They, no, it, it, no, it just doesn't work that way. And your American rights, you know what I mean? Oh, I got to write my right. You know, no, you know? And um, so that was, you know, just that alone. But then I had all the emotional stuff that I was going through on top of that. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, so it was, uh, I was so outside my comfort zone, so outside my box. I grew like a rocket. Um, the first six months, I went out, partied a lot, and acted like a promiscuous teenager, basically. And uh, and uh, that left me feeling depressed and low and just empty. You know, it didn't I mean, fill you. It didn't fill you up at all. 
Oh, I mean, I had some good times and saw, you know, and saw cool places and stuff like that. But I just, I wasn't dealing. I wasn't really grieving. I wasn't dealing. I wasn't healing with yeah. what I just left. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, a 27 year old marriage, you know, and um, it was my one and only marriage, both of us. And uh, so finally I said, okay. You, and I knew, I just inherently knew you need to really hunker down and cultivate more self-love and be happy with who you are and connect that way instead of trying to get it outside yourself, which is what we're taught all our lives, right. by our whole culture. And, um, and so that's what I did. And so I really went in deep and started. I, uh, luckily, I already had a meditation and a mindfulness practice that started previous when I got back surgery eight years ago. Hmm. And, um, and so I had that practice already and I actually went to, uh, the week long conference, the advanced conference of Joe Dispenza's in, uh, within the first six months I was in, in Spain, I went over to Italy to do that. And that really helped my meditation practice become even stronger because it's all about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, and then I was doing a lot of work on myself with, um, with meditation, mindfulness, a lot of brain training, affirmations. And, and then I started to, um, experiment and have experiences with plant medicines, which in my healing process, it's amplified what I'm already working on because it just pulls out what's in your head. Mm-hmm. So if you're really focused on certain healing, trauma healing, uh, cultivating self-love, forgiveness, whatever, whatever you're doing, um, you know, acceptance, it amplifies that for, you know, for a lot of people. And this is what it did for me. And so uh, uh, the, the quarantine came. So I was there for about a year and a half, and almost two years, and then the quarantine hit. Okay. And I was by myself. I don't know if I told you this experience. I was by myself, um, living by myself in a, in a, a bigger kind of a studio apartment. And I had no balcony and no backyard. And I was in the, mi- the middle of the city. That's the, the people that had the hardest were the ones that are in the middle of the city with no balcony and backyard. Right. Right. <laughs> Completely isolated. And I could go to the grocery store a block and a half away and back. Period. Wow. wow. Okay. Couldn't be outside any other time. For seven weeks. Wow. Okay. And to say the least, it was challenging. Um, I did a lot of things to help me get through it. Um, I worked at home already. Okay. And you couldn't, if you didn't listen, if you went outside or you didn't have a mask even, if you went out when you weren't supposed to be there, even after the seven weeks, they had staggered restrictions, very, very strict. You couldn't go see a friend that you didn't live with. You know, the families couldn't even see each other for two Christmases, wow. and two, wow. two Christmases and two uh, Easter's, which is huge there. Yeah. Um, and so there's all kinds of restrictions that they, on and on. They even staggered and get curfews and all kinds of stuff. If you didn't listen, you would get a, you get a big hefty fine, like an equivalent of $175, boom, like that. Okay. So people and the, and the cops had a lot of time on their hands because everything's closed. All right. So, you know, you listened. And so I did a lot of meditation. So basically I put myself in a cocoon. I didn't do what a lot of people did where they just watched a bunch of movies and series and there's no judgment. This is just not what I chose to do. Yeah. Um, I peeked in on what was happening, the crazy stuff that was happening over here because all the stuff that was going down, I'm over here. You know, I'm in the <laughs> right, country right. I, I go, what the right, hell? You know? Right. And uh, that's all. I didn't watch any movies, nothing disturbing, nothing with violence, nothing disturbing. And 
it was all like positive uh, educational about the brain and the body and your thoughts and your beliefs and training your brain and uh, spiritual. I mean, everything was like just reprogramming. Okay. Wow. And just all good stuff. And, you know, and I even luckily for me, I had these chocolates with a little bit of psilocybin in them. That's from the mushrooms. Okay. And I bought them from a guy uh, in uh, the Netherlands uh, with a reference from my friend. <laughs> and so I, I just, I happened to have them when I got locked down and I was like, so what I did was for five weeks in a row, every Saturday, I would have an experience. It was like my own little, you know, and I had very strong life-changing experiences with, with my healing with those, with those nights. Like what? Uh, okay. I'll give you an example. Um, my, my mom died about oh, a thir- like 30 years ago. This was this, this, this experience was three years, three years ago. I was in my room during the quarantine and, um, I read this one book, uh, the, the author I mentioned, Michael Pollan, and it was called, talk, talk, uh, the title was how, how you could, how to change your mind, which now he has a Netflix series, talks about all this stuff. And one of the things he discussed was he listened to classical music one time during his experience. And his first time he's ever tried any of these kind of things was when he was 66 years old. Even oh, wow. Maybe 64. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Gabor Mate is saying he didn't try ayahuasca until he was 66. Interesting. And, um, and then he's used it to try to help, you know, his, his patients. His trauma. Severe addictions. Yeah. Severe yeah. Addictions. Yeah. And, but they, there's a lot of reasons, what ways you can use it. So anyway, um, I had this experience where I go, okay, I'll listen to classical music during the experience. We'll see how this goes, you know? And so I listen to classical music. I'm laying there and I got my eyes closed in my bed and listen to classical music and feeling, starting to feel the effect. And all of a sudden, Tchaikovsky comes on, and it was the Nutcracker. And all of a sudden, my whole brain lit up about my mother, because that was one of the bonds that we had together. She loved the Nutcracker. She, she mm. took me to ballet, always listened to the music every Christmas, watched it on TV. And I started doing the same thing with my kids, watching it and listening to the music and that kind of thing. I danced so, in the Nutcracker. For did you dance? Okay. I never danced in it, but I loved it. <laughs> And uh, and so my mother died a long time ago, and I was working. I was already working around. This is when I understood. I kind of I found out by accident how plant medicines amplify what I was already working on. Okay. 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 And so I've, I've had recreational experiences, but I much prefer the the healing experiences and the connection spiritually that I that I get with it because. It gives you a taste of what you can do, and then you don't have to depend on that to do it all the time. You know what I mean? You learn. You go, oh, it's there. Like, I can get that connection by meditation or even breath maybe work. Got, right, meditation, breath work. Even now, it's like I can get the feeling when I'm in the right place just thinking of something and getting all of a sudden a really, like a really beautiful, blissful connection. I never had that before. I never wow. had access to that before. Okay. Wow. And I can do that just like sometimes just on the middle of the day. It doesn't matter when, you know, if I'm present enough, it's when I'm present enough. Okay. Right. Right. So, so I was working on forgiveness and all that kind of stuff around myself, other, you know, my mom and this and that. And all of a sudden it was poof, mom. And up until this point, she'd been died, dead for many years. I never had connection. I never had science. I didn't, I believed in the spiritual world. 
the spirit world, but I never had experience with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. My daughter, yes, I know plenty of people, you know, but I never did. And this was the very first time and it was with my mom. And all of a sudden I, and I know it's because of me, I wasn't open enough to be receptive. That's what I believe. Right. And, and so all of a sudden I, mom, and it, I didn't see her, but I felt a very strong presence. It was definitely her. Like I, I was like, oh, my God. And then I was crying. And I was like, oh, please forgive me. I forgive you. Oh, my God. And I was like hugging her. I visualized Aww. hugging her as a little child. And it was I was crying and weeping. And it was beautiful. Okay. And that was like the deeper wave of healing I needed to be totally open to totally forgiving every anything. And, you know, in reality, it was nothing to forgive. She did the best she could. She didn't know what she was doing. And, and uh, you know, as a mom. And uh, she wasn't conscious enough, just like I made mistakes. And I would be different as a parent now because of what I know and how I know how to deal with processing feelings. And the consciousness I have now is totally right. different than when I raised my kids. And sometimes I, I get sad, you know. But I forgive myself. I understand. I did the best I could. You know what I mean? I, I did the best I Knew how, you know, so that was like this amazing, I mean, like I said, that was a life-changing experience that really helped me take that really deeper level of healing in that area. And then when I, my experience with deeper level of healings, whether it be that way or with breathwork or mental, whatever, whatever, it doesn't have to be that way. But my experience is when I have deeper level of healings and I weep and I get it out, then I have more peace around that thing. You know what I mean? And then ultimately, more peace just in general. It just builds more and more. You know what I mean? But always around that particular trauma or whatever I had, you know, the thing I had to heal. Difficulty, challenge. I have way more peace around it. And if I think of it, it might make me a little sad or it may not. It'd be just like, that's the way it was. Do you know? Do you feel like before you were carting all this stuff with you? Yes. Yes. Like in, okay, so if yeah, you were I have doing, a lifetime of suppressing if, my feelings. So. If you were doing that, how did you know that you were doing that? How did you know that you were suppressing your feelings? How did you know that you were holding on to all that stuff? I didn't know until I started meditating. That was a game changer for me. So I was a major workaholic for years. Okay. I got the message early on in my, my childhood and from my culture. Uh, that, you know, first off, we don't want to hear your feelings. Okay. That's unacceptable. We, my family could not deal with talking about any feelings at all. Uh, so Most that's what families we, can't. Yeah. Right. I know. So, so that was a big deal. And of course I found men like that. Okay. Uh, because that's what I do. Uh, and so, um, I, I, I didn't realize what, 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 it took me a while to process. It did like when I, I had a back surgery and then all of a sudden, I had to learn how to manage my pain and stay fit at the same time. Cause I was like fitness queen before that decades of working out. And I used to be a fitness trainer when I was younger and, all, and of you're a sudden, back. all of a sudden I had this back surgery and you have no idea how your back is tied into every muscle you move. Okay. Maybe not your toe, but okay. I mean, almost everything else. Wow. And uh, just walking to the mailbox, I hit the rest a block away. And I was wow. like, holy cow. I, I really was, I did not want to get on prescription drugs because it's, I'm very sensitive 
with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want a lot of the side effects, the possible side effects. And, and I talked to other people that did it. And a lot of times it didn't work for most of the time. Really? No, most of the time I talked to the people take, I mean, like prescription drugs, Uh not for the pain, not for the pain. I mean, for, I didn't, I didn't specify myself enough um, for like anxiety and emotional stuff. Oh, okay. So for the pain. Okay. Yeah. Probably would took away the pain, but I was really, I wanted to do it holistically if I could possibly do it. Okay. And I definitely didn't want to get, didn't want to get on medication for emotional stuff because most of the people I talked to, no, it doesn't work. They have to change it. They have to change it all the time. They have to constantly modify it. They're still depressed. They're still, they're still anxious or they get suicidal thoughts when they're taking an antidepressant. Oh, you know? that's not good. Yeah. I mean, this happens a lot. This is, you know, and so I went into meditation and yoga for these reasons. And for me, major workaholic, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like and, major workaholic and then says, oh, yeah, I want, I want to go do yoga. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> When I was forced to do it, okay? Because uh-huh. I tried yoga before and I'm like, that, that's too slow. That's nothing. That's nothing for me, you know? And I was always like, oh, go, go, go. Just push me enough. Yeah, that's right. I have to kill myself, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so after I started meditating and after the universe halted me in my tracks, uh-huh. uh, you know, I've had others, uh, I had many, uh, signs before that. Telling, telling me, whispering, Oprah Winfrey says, pay attention to your whispers. Whispering to me, Michelle, you should slow down. Hey, look at that. You should, you, look at, you hurt yourself there. You moved too fast. Slow down. No, I kept going and going until finally the universe says, I'm going to make you slow down. Yeah. So that's what happened. Yeah. And my ex and I went to Key West. We moved to Key West. And uh, I luckily, very, very fortunate that I went and I got my introduction to yoga and meditation was amazing, really high quality. I was, I was told by one of my good friends who has been in yoga for like 15 years. And, uh, and all of a sudden, all these emotions started coming up. And you're like, I thought I was just doing <laughs> warrior two. No, no, I thought I was just going to, you know, be fit. Yeah, be fit and move slow so I can do this while I get you know, my back back in shape, you know. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden... All the stuff had a car coming out, and I was not willing to push it down anymore. And and then on top of that, my my then husband of I and I, even within twenty seven years of our marriage, this was the most time we ever spent together because he came into my business. I invited him into my business, and we moved down to Key West together. And now we're working together at home, and no kids around or all the other distractions and things we could get distracted with back here. And we're on this little Island and we don't know that many people. Mm. So we imploded. Uh, he could not handle at all the stuff that I wanted to talk about. I was getting more conscious and he was so he, he had been going down for a little while with his uh, depression and not wanting to talk to anybody and not wanting to heal and all that. Kind of, just afraid, just really afraid to go in and heal. And I was like all about it. So I was going here and he was going down here. So meditation is the thing that totally blew things open for me. And without the back surgery, I wouldn't have started meditating probably. Maybe, maybe eventually, but certainly not that quick. But how, how do you, when you're so used to being busy, 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 how do you figure out how to meditate it was a complete. I and you know, also what happened was I realized it showed me so much. I mean, it's still constantly, 
shows me so much. Um, uh, I didn't really, I, first off, I didn't even know I had anxiety mm-hmm. until uh, probably, you know, when I was like 40, I'm 59 now. So maybe 12 years ago, about 12 years ago, I read what anxiety attacks were and I thought, is that what I'm doing? Because <laughs> we didn't talk about it back then, hardly right. at all. Right. You're only talking about anxiety if you're in therapy. You know what I mean? Right. The general population. And God forbid you go to therapy. Oh, you know. So, and my ex was like totally anti-therapy, okay? And so, uh, yeah. And so then I realized, then after I started meditation and I got my exercise, just that go, 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 totally ripped from me. I thought it was real challenging. I was like, whoa, I just got the thing. I realize now that not only was I using work to escape my feelings, to suppress, okay, just distract, suppress and distract. I also was using exercise to alleviate my anxiety. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was. Which could could be a good thing. I mean, it it could be a healthy you know, yeah, a healthy well, way to deal with it. Yes, I thought years ago, I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm healthy, I'm exercising, I'm eating good. But I had no balance in my life and I was suppressing all my feelings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I ended up having a lot of emotional and physical problems from a lifetime of living that way. Right. But I knew, oh, I, gotta get, I just feel uptight. I got to go. And I would use it as a form of getting the energy out to get me relaxed. Kind of like you do with a, a toddler. And I used to joke about it. I said, yeah, I'm like a toddler. I just got to run around for a little while before I can relax, you know, because I'm yeah. a person that builds up a lot of natural energy. Right. So that's really cool because I can have a lot of interest and ambition. I like to do things, but it's a double-edged sword because hmm. I have a tendency to build up too much energy, maybe in my body where it's uncomfortable. And then that can lead to anxiety. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really realize what I was doing until after what I had been doing, how I had been operating and basically medicating myself, you know what I mean? Without medication, but medicating myself with the chemicals from exercise and, you know, and distracting myself with work and that, you know, just being busy. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's a lot of distraction. Yeah. Because because when you were talking about your experience in Spain, your greatest fear of being alone, I think a lot of people have that as their greatest fear. And so we do distract ourselves. It's like, I don't want to face myself because I'm sitting with all of this stuff that I don't want to deal with. And I was so unaware in that, in the, in that time. I was all my life, really, when it comes to this, this, this part, uh, I was afraid of being alone without someone physically there with me. So because right. I didn't feel like the universe was friendly. You know what I mean? That's what I understand now. I think probably, I mean, my child, you know, your child always has something to do with it. But I didn't really, I wasn't as aware enough to think I didn't want to be alone because I'm afraid to look deep in myself. I wasn't even there yet. Now, I'm sure that I'm absolutely positive that was part of it, but I didn't have that awareness that that's why I was afraid of being alone. Okay. And, but I know now, definitely. Um, because I hear people say this kind of thing a lot. I think one of the reasons why people on a subconscious level that they have such an aversion, not all, it's not the only reason, it's just one, one reason why they are uncomfortable with meditating is because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're afraid to go in. 
because on a subconscious deep level, they know they push stuff down and they're afraid to have it come up. And it's the same reason why people will be uh, afraid to have the experience with maybe a plant medicine experience. They'll say, that's really, that's, that seems really scary. And I, and I always ask them, what are you scared about? Yeah. What's scary? And it's, you know, it's just your mind showing. Yeah, no, it's the unknown. Right. They're afraid of difficult feelings. I think on a conscious level, they do, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Out of control, like the out of control feeling. Yeah. But I think on a subconscious uh, ex- uh, level, they know that there's stuff down there that they're too afraid to feel. To feel, to face, to process. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I... We haven't, we haven't been taught how to do that. Though, no, so. we've never been how to... No one's taught... Encouraged, encouraged, taught, encouraged, supported. You need, we, it's for a healthy culture, a healthy relationship, a healthy culture to be taught how to process feelings is super important for our physical, mental, psychological, spiritual, and, you know, health, everything for our well-being. I agree. agree. And we're not the only culture that doesn't teach this. Okay. There's a lot, but majority of culture. Right. Okay. Tell me a culture that teaches that, please. Maybe an Eastern, some Eastern culture, indigenous tribe or something. I don't know. Uh, certainly not the modern world, I know. And, and so, yeah, so I didn't know how to, how to deal with that. And I think that's what I, and that's what I do with my clients. I, I show them ways of how to process the feelings. And that's, you know, what my book is about too. But learning how to process feelings so they leave your body, their energy, they leave your body and they don't right. cause havoc you know, for you in, uh, you know, uh, emotional, mental, and physical issues. Right. They don't, they don't lead to depression, anxiety, heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, pain, you know, all of the things, because we are the system, like you're talking about, we're the system. And so if you're not taking care of one, then the other ones are going to be affected. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint and people that kind of really get it, because everybody responds in a different manner. Right. You know, right. Um, and it's a lot of it's invisible factors. And we don't have the belief system around mental health fitness that we do physical fitness. Right. Right. You know, and to understand that it's training and it's a process. And then you get benefits as you go on. You know what I mean? And it gets better and easier, just like when you learn anything, you know. But and that's common. I mean, it's in its infancy. It's going to come, and it's. I, I believe in five, ten, you know, fifteen years for sure. The mental health industry is going to be revolutionized by using all these different things. I hope um, so. Yeah, and and people will talk about their meditation and mindfulness practice or breathwork or whatever, just like or their ketamine treatment or whatever uh, about um, just like they do with their you know exercise, their physical exercise. And if they don't do it, they'll be kind of guilty. Hey, I should do that kind of thing. Because it'll be public knowledge then. And by that time, you know, in the years to come, more professionals that maybe aren't paying attention right now to what's all the research that's been out there for a while, yeah. uh, you know, finally, so, sooner or later, I assume, start teaching it in medical schools. But, yeah. you know, there's a big uh, delay on that because pharmaceutical companies fund medical schools right. in the United States. right. So they got a lot of money to lose on it, you know? So what, so what is it like facing yourself? 
At first, it's it's difficult. Uh, at first, there's a lot of sadness and pain and anger because of all the suppressed emotions we push down. Uh, a lot of things we haven't totally healed from, you know, that we just pushed aside to kind of survive in that moment. And and so that stuff comes up, you know. Um, so I, you know, it's interesting. I saw um, I saw Elizabeth Gilbert uh, one time uh, talk about. Um, you know, someone asked her in a, in a, in a you know, Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert. She's done, that's her biggest, you know, her most famous book, but uh, written a lot of book, good books. She's a speaker at this event I went to. And someone asked her, Do you, is, it, is it necessary to suffer for spiritual growth? Mm. And she said, well, it's not a requirement, uh, but it seems to be common. Yeah. You know? And I think... For me, I, I think what I believe is it, it, it happens because you don't look at things and it's in there. And as soon as you start to look at things, you can have beautiful experiences where you have connection and beautiful bliss that you've never even experienced before in your life because you're not finally connecting inwardly because we're, we're trained to look outside of ourselves all the time. It's it, capitalism on crack so they can make money <laughs> off us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, and, and there's a really great uh, uh, PBS special actually called Century of the Self that explains how this all started happening. We were manipulated psycho- uh, psychologically hit hardcore in huh. the 19- started in the 1920s. You can see it on YouTube. It's really interesting. Very interesting stuff. Is that, when, is that when Big Pharma came into existence? Uh, no, it doesn't talk about Big Pharma. That's no. later. No. <laughs> uh, it just talks about the the Industrial Revolution and all the things we were making and. And Edward Bernays is a nephew of Sigmund Freud, and he was living in the United States, and he's like the grandfather of public relations, and he was the first person to to not only get the masses to want something, but think they had to have something to be happy. Oh. And mm-hmm. he knew his uncle's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, work. And then, the, and then ever since then, more sophistication, more knowledge, blah, 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 blah. But that's when it all started. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so when you first go in, you know uh, – you have a mixture of stuff. Uh, and then you see how you can use these things to heal, you know? And so when but, he, I, but healing and thinking that there's something wrong with you or you're broken or. No, healing from just don't want this pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Healing that I don't want this in me anymore because it causes anxiety and depression and, um, because, I don't like. I don't like the way I feel. Right. I don't like the way I feel. I don't want to be a victim anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to stop blaming people for making me feel a certain way, or you know, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I want to learn to love myself and get inward, you know, inward connection. I knew it was available. I just didn't ever know how to do it. I didn't have a a mentor that said, "Okay, Michelle, do this and this and this." No, I didn't, you know, and uh, I just was learning on my own and. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I had a good foundation. I was in 12-step communities for 26 years. Um, but that was just a foundation. Uh, in fact, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, says it talks about it being a spiritual kindergarten. Nothing, right. could, be, nothing could be truer. And, um, and so, it, it, you know, it wasn't about, like, it was just about feeling better and having a better quality of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so now... 
after the experiences I've had, I'm not. A, I encourage people to cry regularly. You hear people, oh, I let myself cry. I permitted myself to cry. This is a common thing. You know, if I if I talk with you and all of a sudden I get emotional, the old me would have said, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like apologizing for for the shit. You know what I mean? I know. I Why are you apologizing for being I, human and having feelings? Hello. And when, I, when someone <laughs> listens to me, I always go, don't be sorry. Cry. Get it out. Get it yeah. out. Okay. Get yeah. it out. So now. It's a release. Uh, it's your body's way to release right, stored so, stuff. So now I, I have to admit, something, depending on the person, sometimes I might be a little embarrassed that I'm getting emotional, but I never apologize for it anymore. I go, oof, I, oof I'm getting emotional like this. I'll do something like that, you know? And, uh, but, um, yeah, so I've had plenty of times, uh, and I understand now the difference between negative bullshit thinking, okay, and actual real feeling that you need to get out. You know, because okay. just how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference? It gets tricky. Uh, but, but let me tell you just real quick. So I, I going through a lot of the stuff that I've gone through and letting all the stuff out. I'm not afraid of anything that's shown to me now because I know there's no scariness about it for anything. When I mm-hmm. go into a journey or I have a retreat or anything at all, I'm like, give it to me. Give it to me. I don't care if it's tough because I know from my own experience how much this has helped me, how much mm-hmm. it's uncovered. How much wow. more peace I am, how wow. much more compassionate I, you know, I am. You know what I'm saying? How much yeah. I don't let, I mean, I'm not perfect. There's plenty of times I have moments, but I get out of it a lot quicker and I get back on track. I get up that, oh, don't, don't even, you know what I mean? Don't let that bother you kind of thing. So, and if I, I don't go into a situation where, oh, I'm so nervous about how it's going to be or anything like that. You know, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to think about it and manifest in my meditation. It's going to be like this. And I'm going to go into it just like that. And it's changed my life approaching things like that tremendously. Wow. Um, okay. What was I going to tell you? You just asked me a question. About the difference between being in, oh, the, okay. in your head and in your heart. Okay. So um, I, I saw it real time and that's when I really started understanding it. Well, no. No, when I saw it real time, my brain trying to look for a thought to associate with the feeling of anxiety I had in my stomach at the time when I wasn't even thinking about anything. I was huh. sitting in my room in Spain and I wasn't thinking about it. This is when I thought the only way you can get anxiety is by thinking of the future or uncertainty, which is not true. You can get feeling of anxiety a lot of ways. Okay. It does not have to be just with what you're thinking. Um, it could be you're not getting enough nature. It can mean you get too much screens. You know what I mean? It could be a lot of things. Right. And, and so this is my, so I had this feeling in my stomach and I was like, why am I feeling anxious? Like I'm not even thinking about anything. It was one of those rare moments where I really wasn't thinking about something. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. And then I swear to God, I had enough awareness at that time. I saw my brain go to try to find something to think about that would associate with that feeling like validate that anxiety that you were feeling exactly and produce a bunch of stress hormones into my body huh now i understood it because of george spencer and went to his conference just a few months before that this happened and he was the first person i've heard plenty of people say it since he was the first person i heard in 2018 say that your body actually gets addicted to these stress hormones yeah and it works with your subconscious to make you produce thoughts to get its fix. Okay, this is one of the many things that fights against fights you when you're trying to change your thinking. Yeah, it's really and strange how how your brain does that. And I saw it, and as soon as it happened, I caught it like real quick. 
And I go, because they say less than 20 seconds before your mind will attach a story and uh-huh. then produce the emotion and then the stress hormones come into your body. So uh-huh. if you catch it and go, ah, uh-uh, okay. And then not say, I'm not going to think about it. Go, no, we're not going to think that way. And immediately pivot to, we're going to think this way. I'm not going to get, I'm going to be grateful for what's happening right now. Think of something grateful in your life that's happening right now and change it. Boom. Cause anxiety and gratitude can't be together. Right. Okay? It's impossible. Right. Um, so I shouldn't say that, but it's not impossible, but it's, it's rare. And uh, when it happened, I was just like, wow, wow. That's what he said. Okay. And so then I started seeing the difference. That was just negative bullshit thinking. That wasn't in my heart feelings. Okay. So I'm trying to watch this and try to figure out like I had a lifetime of suppressing feelings. It caused a lot of problems for me, emotional, physical, all kinds of stuff. Okay. So I was like, and held me back because I wasn't ready to do, lead my marriage and all kinds of stuff, you know? And so I'm like, this is, this is challenging to see. I don't want to suppress my feelings, but I don't want to be ruled by these negative emotions. Right. Right. So after practicing for a while and meditation and watching myself and watching my thoughts and that kind of stuff, I finally figured out. The best way I can explain it is when, if you just feel it, if you you just hear it like in your head, not hear it, but you know what I'm saying, the talking in your head. And if the talking in your head starts and you don't feel it here in your heart, then it's just bullshit. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the the stuff you can pivot and go, no, 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 we're not going there. Okay. And pivot and keep yourself from getting that. Keep yourself Attaching that story, becoming the emotion, right? <laughs> right. Totally taking that story and then becoming the the, the 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 emotion instead of observing it. You can learn to feel the emotion and observe it rather than being taken over and becoming it. Okay, it mm-hmm. takes practice. It takes a lot of practice, and and you can when you get to that, you can actually. Okay, here it is. And it's, it's, it's really, it takes, it's a long-term practice because it, it, you still, after you have a lifetime of not wanting to feel that feeling, you know, you, know right. you have a silent pressure of, even when you know, you know, okay, this is a feeling, I'm going to breathe through it and just keep breathing until it goes away. Okay, okay that's, that's better, that's better, but that's still resisting it. You're still not accepting it. You're still not going, what are you here for? You're yeah. still not embracing it like a friend that has a problem. It's really the same thing. Yeah. And you're, 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 your soul is trying to talk to you about, your body is trying to say, we've got a problem here. Let, uh, let's talk. Pay attention. Exactly. And we're telling it, shut up, shut up, you know. And, and, you know, right. And, but we listen to all the crazy shit in our brain, you know, and half of it, most, most of it's not even true, you know. And, uh, so, so I started getting it, you know, like, okay, when it, it, it's just busyness and I'm starting to feel stressed out of it, but I'm not feeling it here. It's, I can pivot this. When I start to feel it in my chest, like a heaviness, then I know it needs to come out. Some there's energy here and I'm going to have to sit and be with this and let it be, feel sad, be angry, whatever I need, you know what I mean? To get it out. And I'll give you two examples. I'm actually sharing this in my book and I made it. Well, yeah, I'm sharing it in my book. So I talk about this. The example, one example of in my heart would be I had a discussion with my uh, a friend. We had a talk on the phone and there were things said that made me sad 
And okay, we got off the phone and I felt sad. And I thought, no, 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 we're not going to, we're not going to let this affect us. You know, we're going to, you know, go on. We got stuff to do today, blah, 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 blah. Don't let this affect. And I was just pushing it down. Okay. Right. And, and I felt a sadness and I was pushing it down, even though I have all this knowledge about this. Right. And I'm like, and I don't, there's no criticism. I you, you just, this is, you got brain. Part of being human. Part of being brain. human. Yeah. You, you got brain connection, neuron connections that are fight you too for old thinking and behavior. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, until they get weaker. And so, but I caught myself, I go, wait, 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 wait. I was doing the toxic positivity because that's what that is. Right. And I was like, no, no, something's going on here. You feel it heavy in your chest. Take a break. You don't got. Some, you don't have to do something right away. I was immediately going to go to work. Okay, and I was like, no, no. And so I did some yoga. I meditated. I went outside, cried a little bit. The whole little time took about thirty minutes, mm. and then I calmed down. I felt fine, and the rest of the day was great. Okay, the old me would have been anxious, so you know, like throughout the day. All right. So that was. I need to. This needs to come out. Okay. The opposite side of the coin would be the experience I had at the Rolling Stones concert. And I was all excited, great, feeling good, no problems. We got there, we had a big crowd, we were standing, listening to the music. And then 10 minutes into the concert, my mind, I started feeling this energy like, oof, wow. I mean, it was over 10,000 people. It was one of the first concerts people had here in the U.S. uh after COVID. Um, I hadn't been in that kind of situation, a concert that big in over 10 years. And I had so much time alone, mm-hmm. you know, for the last four years, you know. Right. And it was all of a sudden it got real overwhelming. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to handle this for the next two hours? And I feel like leaving right now. Mm-hmm. Those were the two thoughts that came in. And immediately when those thoughts came in, I was like, oh, shit, no, <laughs> we're not. Because I knew if I let that go, I was going to have a rough night. Right. So I was like, you're like, you're at a concert, for God's sake. Right? Hello. <laughs> and my friend over here who bought the tickets and brought me there, he ain't going anywhere. All right. So I was like, oh, no, we're not going to do this. And immediately, all silent in my head. I was like, no, no, Michelle, breathe, breathe, be present, be present. Because I'm thinking about the future. What am I going right. to do in hours? I'm not being present. That's why I'm stressing. So it's like, okay, breathe in, breathe in. So, okay, I'm, I'm talking silently, breathing. I'm moving around like I'm to the music to get the energy out more. And I'm talking to myself, look at this. This is an iconic band. You're never going to see him again. Historic moment, first time in years. They, you know, they, 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 who knows if they tour again? You know, they're getting really old. And they had just lost their, their, their drummer. Uh-huh. And I look at all these people the first time after all we've been together, all the things and all the isolation. And it's a beautiful moment for all these people. And then within three minutes, left. Gone. I feel great the rest of the night. Gone. With, it only came with practice of the stuff I do. I could never do that before, ever. I've never had the capacity to do that. So, do you, do you feel like or think that a lot of people feel they'll be consumed by the emotion and it will overtake them and that's too scary and I'm not going to do that as opposed to learning how to be the because observer? Because you don't know how to do it. It is scary. You don't know. It's right. going to feel bad and you don't know. You right. know, and we're taught to get the immediate gratification. We're right. just so into this immediate gratification world now. 
not only just medication for pills, but Amazon. Grab me patience, and I want it now. That's right. Yeah, Amazon to watch a, a, an interview. It's really good. I put it up on my uh, Facebook page for Mindful Metamorphosis with Simon Sinek. Uh-huh. And he's talking specifically about the, the whole generation now. And, you know, you say, oh, they're entitled. No, they have no patience for anything. Because they can find all the answers that they want. And I'm yeah, but not, not only on the phone, you know, medication to feel better, a pill, or Amazon, I'm ordering, they get the next day or two. Or Netflix, I can watch whatever I want for all right, week. I don't have to right, wait till next right. week. It's just a whole world. You know, they grew up with this, all of this. Yeah. And they have no patience to, like, move up the ladder or, you know what I mean? Or any of that kind of thing. He's talking about the work culture and what the, the, serious problems with this generation, you know? Uh, Do I actually have to have a conversation with somebody? Can I just text them? <laughs> exactly. And he's talking about, like, people breaking up on texts and stuff like that. Like, they, they're losing the capability to talk, wow. you know, in a mature manner, you know, mm-hmm. with – you know, situations that could be challenging, you know, what I mean? uncomfortable, right. uncomfortable, right. right. It's just, I'm going to ghost you. I'm just not going to talk to you anymore, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, people are afraid because they don't know. They don't know. And they know it's going to be hard. They know their difficult feelings aren't fun. And when they have no guidance and don't know anything about how to do this. Yeah. I mean, that's why that's what I do. I educate, guide and support you how to do this. Cause if you want to feel better mentally, physically, emotionally, it's part of the process. Yeah. It's a part of the process. You're going to have to look at that stuff. It's and, you're, to- and you're never done. You're never done. Yeah. No, you're never done. And I think it's really important, too, that to know, and this is I learned the hard way. Uh, I used to think, like, okay, I'm going to look at this stuff. I'm looking at my fears. Look at my resentments. What do I, what do I need to forgive or whatever? Talk about it. Write about it. Pray about it. Cry about it a little bit. And I'm good now. Like, I'm healed in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when it comes up, you go, what the hell? I thought I dealt with this shit. I thought Why that was done. Come on. And then you get pissed off, right? No. Well, now I know. It's not like that. You know, you get a deeper, like all of a sudden something comes up. And like when I came back from Spain uh, and I watched this uh, movie, uh, Wisdom of Trauma by Gabor mm-hmm. Mate. And then I, I saw an interaction of him and a lady that he was helping. And she talked about being alone as a child. And he said, that was your trauma. You felt alone as a child. You didn't tell anybody what was happening. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, that hit me like, in my chest I was like <gasps> like and then I weeped and I weeped. was just gonna say did you I weeped hard for several times I just and I let it all out you know I was like get it out get it out and I was I was surprised it was a deeper level of healing on that <laughs> it was incredible and then talking about the Spanish trip then I realized like a couple of months later, after I was writing and meditating, doing all the stuff around this stuff, that I was reliving my childhood trauma out when I was in Spain. Wow. I couldn't believe it. After I had some energy work and massage done by this one lady that I really like a lot, I, I, I went to, I came down, I was going to my home, I stopped at a restaurant to get something to eat, and I always have a little pad of paper, and I'm writing. And I wrote, I just had like a stream of consciousness writing, boom, 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 a list of things. And it was a list of things, how I felt when I was a child. Mm. And then I stopped writing. It was about 10 things. I stopped writing and looked at that list and I went, 
every single thing on that list is how I felt when I was in Spain. I know. And immediately I was like, holy shit. Wow. Now, I knew the inklings. I kind of, you know, my, you know, I like, oh, this guy I'm with, my God, I'm regressing. He's worse than my husband. He's just like my father. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, as far as emotional availability, like I knew yeah. it. But I still had healing around that, you know, that I wasn't done with yet. And that's why, of course, I was attracted to him. And that's why I stayed with him uh, for a while. And it was painful, but it's what I needed to do to finally, you know, learn how to find the love within myself, which is incredible, phenomenal. And yeah. Okay. Why is that important? Because that's, that's like a buzzword now, self-love, self-love, self And it's like, yeah, talk, why, why, do, why do people need up. that? Why do people care? Why does it even matter? Because I think that if you truly want to be happy in your life, you have to love yourself. I don't think you can find ultimate happiness in a very profound, deep way until you really love yourself, connect yourself, connect with yourself. And because when you do that, you can love other people better. When you love yourself more and you have that connection, you don't rely on another person to make you feel whole or feel better. It was what we're taught in our whole culture, in movies and songs and everything, dialogue, everything, right? Um, that we'll be whole when we find our soulmate. And that's when everything's going to be great, right? That's um, a big fat lie. <laughs> of course. And, but that's what we're taught in every way, yeah. every, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. But, can't, but can't I love other people and not really be concerned about if I love myself, like I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm no, fine. I, I don't think, I don't think you can, I don't think you can have real deep. I've never met a person that has done deep work that doesn't love themselves. Yeah. And the people that don't love themselves, I can see that they're not happy. They're hurting. You know what I'm saying? And when you took the, the majority of people, because, you know, it's like when you talk about loving you now, now, now it's getting more accepted, but let's, let's back up a few years. Okay. Let's go back maybe five years. Talking about self-love was not on the on the map. Not a thing, right? yeah. And if you talked about, well, I love myself, people go, oh, really? You love yourself? They make fun of you. You know? Like, what, it. are you cocky or what? You're oh, like, you're, you're humble. You're doing no humility there. You know, I mean, people would say stuff like that all the time. Okay? Uh-huh. And now that's, thank God, going out the window more now. And even young men in some areas in Austin here talk about loving themselves and stuff. I'm just like wow, I can't believe I'm having this conversation with you, you know, with these guys. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think I, I know <laughs> that when you learn to love yourself more, you don't feel lonely. Um, and when you do feel lonely, sometimes it's just because you're not connected. Okay. With yourself with That's your right. spirit. That's right. That's right. And I know that now because I don't have that connection all the time, unfortunately, but I know how to get there and I have it way more often and it gets better and better. When I keep on doing it, you know, um, and I feel beautiful love and connection like I never did. You know, I mean, only with my ex-husband, maybe he's the only man I've been with that I had that kind of feeling. Um, and and then when you develop this, when you cultivate self-love and you develop it within yourself and you know how to connect that way, you feel less lonely. You feel less isolated. You have more compassion. For yourself, obviously, when you love yourself, you're going to treat yourself better. Right. You have more compassion. You take care of yourself better. Okay. And you talk to yourself better. And then you have more compassion and acceptance for other people. And when you love yourself more, you, you don't take things as personal. 
And if they come in as personal, immediately, well, no, you know, and you feel it because of old, you know, old thinking, old behavior, uh, you, you stop it right away. No, this isn't about me. And you can, you learn, when you have more compassion and acceptance of your own self, that's how you get self-love, then you learn how to be more compassionate to other people, Yeah. even when what they did or what they didn't do hurt you. Right. Because we usually, and I, we all do it, you know, uh, get caught up so much in our own suffering, we can't see the suffering of the other person. And, and they had this behavior most of the time because they were suffering right. because they were not conscious, you know, and that's what most people have a hard time. And I, I did the same for many, most of my life until recently. Thank God I'm closer to my mom now in death than I ever was mm. her, during, during wow. both of our lives. Yeah. And so I know now because she had a lot of suffering. She did the best she can. But people have a real hard time forgiving their parents, especially because they don't see them as people. They see them as the parent. And they, did, right. they didn't do or they did do things that caused me all kinds of problems, you know? Or, or partners or... Right, right, right. Same, same. Parents, part, yeah, partners and parents are the hardest ones. Yeah. And so through self-love and forgiveness of myself at a very deep level... I'm able to do that. So it has to start inward. And then I'm able to do that with other people now. And then my life gets like crazy bigger, really quick, crazy better real quick because I don't get as upset anymore. Right. when Somebody does something to me. I don't, I don't go into a situation where I'm all worried about what's going to happen because they said to me last week or whatever. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's things that I may not even, I don't need, I don't need an apology to forgive anymore because I, I, there were many times in my life that people dead or whatever, even if they're not dead, I'm never going to get an apology about that. I understand that now. And I have a choice. Do I want to hold on to that shit and continue to suffer and ruminate and make myself miserable and unhealthy, suppress my immune system with all these hormones, blah, 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 or let it go. <laughs> Learn to let it go and understand that that person had so much suffering and that's why they behaved the way they did. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's not, it's, it's not about the other person. It's, it's, not, not, it's never about letting them off the hook. It's about no, letting you off no. the hook. And what was done or what wasn't done that you wanted done has right. nothing to do with you. Do with you, Nothing. Nothing. You know, there's a really beautiful uh, meditation that I had somebody show me. I talk about it in one of my videos. Um, it's about forgiveness and forgiving somebody. It's very intense. And I, I tell people about it, 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 but a lot of people are afraid to try it. So I'm not afraid about these. I don't want to forgive them. I want to continue to be angry. I have a right to be angry, you know. And, uh, oh, okay, you have a right to suffer. That's how you get yeah. Angry. Yeah. And uh, so this is like, you imagine the person you want to forgive and you can do it with yourself too. Okay. The person you want to forgive and you've got your eyes closed, you imagine them in front of you and you imagine smoke around them. And the mm. smoke is to represent their suffering. Mm. Okay? And then you imagine you have, and someone says that she's kind of cool to actually lay down and have a crystal on your chest. <laughs> but imagine like a little diamond crystal or whatever in your chest. And you breathe in the smoke, 
you bring it into the into the crystal and come out and you, you imagine it comes out as love back to the person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you don't just think about the suffering. You take it on. Okay. So you feel, you really, really try to feel their suffering and how they are feeling. Okay. It's very intense, especially when it's someone close to you and you know them really, really well. Okay. So I've done this with several people and I did it with my ex really helped a lot. It Uh really helped a lot because we knew each other better than anybody in our lives. And I knew how much he was suffering and that, yeah, it was like, I just weeped and weeped and weeped and, but it was real helpful. And that wasn't the last time I cried about it, but it was a deeper level. It took me to a deeper level of healing. Yeah. So I think cultivating self-love and forgiveness for yourself and others is they're indispensable. They're absolutely necessary to heal and, and get to a level of a, you know, just have a higher level of consciousness and understand situations and judge people less. And, yep. you know, because with the more compassion, self-love, you yep. judge yourself less. You're right. gonna, it comes in where it goes outward. Right. And you, then you, instead of like fighting and resisting and, you know, putting all these parameters and judgments and stuff, it's like you let it go. Yeah. It's like, I want peace. Yeah. How do I get peace? It's like, Same I accept, here. I accept it all. And that's not about being a doormat at all. Right. No. Uh-uh. I'm not a doormat. If, but, uh, but no, I to- you definitely are not a doormat. You're feisty, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doormat. But, but, but I'm very, I'm, I'm a lot more choosy about my battles. Yeah. You know, like, is this worth, and is this worth saying something about, and, and what's the motive behind it? Are you saying to try to help? Are you, cha- are you saying just because you need to say something here and just feel that you need to? Or is it just your ego? You're saying it to be right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when it's my ego, not I can't say all the time, but most of the time, the vast majority of time, probably 98%, <laughs> I'm able to go, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Okay. Uh, once in a while, it'll squeak out, you know. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I but, but, but if something happens, like, you know, the example I told you before we started talking on the, on the, on the podcast about this uh, exchange with this one gentleman, I'll say something, you know, like, well, I, I don't really like that way of communicating, you know, it's not my thing. Right. I don't think right. it was very thoughtful or respectful or something like that. I'll say right. it nasty. I won't say it like, you know, all nasty. Right. Right. But I am not. And if I see a situation where somebody's getting, treated really bad, like right in front of me and nobody's doing anything. anything. I, boom. What are you talking about? What's happening? What are you doing this for? I'm like, I'm right on it. And I was always a a lioness for my kids against authority whenever they needed help with that, you know, which a lot of people are so afraid of confrontation. They'll totally avoid it. Even when it's easier to keep the peace than stand up for yourself. Yeah. And so, yeah. Speak up for yourself. Yeah. So it's not about, it's accepting, not, Bullshit behavior, you know right. what I mean? But accepting situations that you may not be able to change. Right. You may not be able to change this person. You can't change the situation. You, you, you can't leave the situation, maybe. You can't you know? change anybody else except yourself. Right, right. And maybe you can't leave the situation right away. So uh-huh. how are you going to 
deal with this. You know what right. I mean? Um, I mean, kids are in that situation, of course, and how they deal with this, they just kind of check out and they use different yeah. ADD is, is one way uh, to just check out and, and, and to save themselves from emotional pain. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. There's a lot of wisdom you just shared, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> It's a lot of going through my own stuff. Let me tell you, and I continue. Easy, it ain't easy. Oh, and I think that's. I think I think that's intimidating for people. It's like it's too hard. But is living with all of the stress? That's right. What's the other option? And all that other stuff is that? Is that other option? Is that fulfilling for you? Yeah, it's not only not fulfilling, but just suffer. Yeah. And the more you keep it down, the more you push it down. Guaranteed, it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. It's going to come out with emotions. It's going to, yep. you know, it's, it's physical. Yep. It's going to come out in some way. Yeah. So uh, might as well just learn a healthier way and how to deal with stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you real briefly. Um, so that's what my, so, so there's a, a you may know um, a, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah. He died about a year ago, I think it was almost maybe. Beautiful soul. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful soul. And um, he had many quotes that are beautiful, but one of the biggest quotes that hit me that he said was, uh, when you learn to suffer better, you'll suffer much less. Mm. He has a much shorter quote that basically says the same thing. No mud, no lotus. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. And, and so as soon as I heard it, I immediately... Because I was doing all this, you know, I immediately yeah. knew, oh, he's talking about when you learn to process your feelings, you'll suffer, you won't have chronic anxiety, depression, you know, all this stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I decided the title of my book so far, I, I, I think I'm going to stick with it, is called Suffer Better, Suffer Less. Yeah. And that's what it's going to be. So it's going to be about my healing journey and what, I, what happened with me and how I came across this stuff, like I told you. And when I was in Spain, I had this whole time alone and basically had, I was in a cocoon. I put myself in a cocoon. I told my friends, I felt like I was in a cocoon. I, I feel a big shift and about how you I were. feel about myself. I know. And, and how I feel about life. And it was just the beginning for me, you know? And, um, and that's where my idea for my, my company, Mindful Metamorphosis, came. So my book's going to be about what happened to me and then all the education, all the things I learned and the things I the work I do and, you know, and what I teach the modalities and the science behind it and how different things have really helped my journey and, and share. So the, 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 it's going to be about, you know, how thinking can make us sick, how we can learn to change our beliefs and our thoughts, um, what emotional intelligence is, how to process your feelings better. And these are all different things that you can learn to use and explain, you know, like actual practical applications. Right. Right. I, I feel like all of our work is trying to help educate people, yeah. educate people on how to deal with their emotions, how to change our mindset, how our, our bodies work, you know, all together in this system so that we are living more holistically and feeling better <laughs> overall, you know, better health, wellness, yes. uh, longevity. Yes. I mean, all the stuff that okay. Joe talks about. Yep. It's like we're all creators. Yep. So let's create something beautiful. Right. right. And it's so interesting too. It's like, and I used to say the same thing. And when I hear people say it, I, I, I correct them. They, I'm not a very creative person. 
Yeah, that's yeah. bogus. I, I always say Did yes. Did you dress you are. up when you were four? That's right. I said, yes, you are. We're all cre- we're creative beings. Yeah. And that's when we feel the best and most connected is when we're creating something. Yeah. Because we're connecting to who we are. Whatever that creativity be is. Right. It can be all kinds of stuff. Could even be a PowerPoint. Yes. Creating that, writing, you know, creating a new business. You know what I mean? Right. It could be creating a new, you know, organization. It doesn't have to be art. Right. You know what I mean? It's all different ways. Right. And so I always say that. And then I tell them, and then they go, think about what, what do you like to create? What do you create? And they come up with something all the time. Okay, there you go. Let's create. And the right. little light goes on there. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you build furniture? Do you make a garden? Do you? And so if I said the, 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 the messages and all the programming we get in our brains. I mean, I remember, I remember, remember the time I actually said out loud when I was like 17, 18, I'm like, I'm not a very, I'm not a very emotional person. I'm not emotional. I'm super emotional. Okay. But back then I still had all that programming yeah. from my, my family. I'm not emotional. Right. I'm not emotional. Right. And then I found out in my early twenties, Oh my God, I'm like crazy emotional. <laughs> you know, so I never say that anymore, but that's what I used to say. That is one thing I have never, ever said. I'm not. No, no cause I cry like a baby. My kids well, are like, Oh, for God's sakes, mom, I, a puppy. I cry like a baby too. That, I, <laughs> but not just, I mean, happy. I cry easier, happier. Yeah, I do now, too. yeah, then then things that are things that are really touching in the heart. <gasps> yeah, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's so like it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful thing that I experience now. Yeah, I mean, like on a daily basis now, yeah. I experience uh, all the, not all the time, but many many times because I med- I meditate regularly. Um, I'll I'll have several meditations a day. And, uh, I experience, cause I, 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 I visualize and feel and generate right. the feeling of right. joy right. and gratitude in my body. So right. that produces, as you know, beautiful love and bliss in your body yeah. and just like yeah. totally generates this high vibration. And not only for yourself to have that beautiful feeling and have that raise in energy and your beautiful vibration and attract more to you and all that kind of stuff. But helping the collective world, helping the people around you. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It just, it just like ripples, ripples, ripples. Yes. Ripples. And I, and I remind myself, you know, sometimes if I get into my, oh, my me, oh, okay, I got to work on myself kind of thing. I'm, wait, wait, wait. It's not just about you. Yeah. My, I know my, 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 my I'm so happy that I know my purpose and I'm, I'm able to really, you know, activate yeah. this in my life now, help people heal and, 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 and understand there's a better way. Yeah. And then I have to remind myself about when I'm like maybe struggling with some difficult feelings and, and working on being more grateful and go, it's not just about you. Yeah. It's about the world, like what you want to do. Remember that, Michelle, you know, yeah. and that, pulls, that actually helps me. That'll pull me out of maybe if I'm in a story or something like that and go, yes, it's about everybody. It's about helping yeah. the whole, the whole, yeah. you know, it is. So uh, on that uh, note, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest is, how do you define real love? Ooh, that's a good question. How do I define real love? Mm-hmm. I define real love with compassion and empathy without judgment, mm-hmm. and without condition. I think that's real love. 
without any condition and just with to- just total absence of judgment. Just appreciating whatever your soul or another soul or whatever, whatever that, that, that energy and that presence, just connecting with that and, and just, and just really appreciating it. That's what I, that's what I would call. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's not for, uh, to, to give, to receive. It's just to give. Yeah. Yeah. But to give to yourself too. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I, I have found, and, you know, it, during this time of being alone, but alone for four years for some of my life, right? Uh, physically alone. Okay. Right. Um, right. I, uh, I, I just, I say to myself, you know, yeah, I miss having a partner, but I'm preparing myself for yeah. to be a really great partner. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. The time I've been alone, I know that sooner or later when it's time, that person will come into my life and maybe it's just, you know, for a little while. And then I find, you know, whatever, it doesn't mean like the one forever. I don't believe in that anymore, but, but I think you can have numerous, you know, yeah. partners, you know, soulmates or whatever uh, people that you connect with and you help each other grow, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to, I have no intention. I have no desire to be with anybody that it hasn't done enough work to be right. able to connect that way. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I don't need to, right. because that part of me that was drawn to that over and over again was the unhealed part. Right. And that's not. That's not. As soon as I see it, I go, "Oh no!" <laughs> instead oh, of going, instead of acting like a carrot, oh, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you know, because I associated with love with wanting more. Oh, you can't right. be emotionally available. You're just for me, you know. Right. You're my next project. <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm done with the projects. You know? <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you, Michelle, to find out more about your beautiful work? Well, thank you. My company is called Mindful Metamorphosis. If you look up my name, Michelle Shaler, or Mindful Metamorphosis, you'll see right away uh, on the first page. Um, my my website is mshalen.com. I also have a YouTube channel under the same mshalen.com. And I have all kinds of videos on YouTube, short videos that help talk about this kind of stuff, all kinds of tips about all this, all these different things that people need help with. And um, for anybody local, um, I do the, I, I facilitate breathwork and sound healing events, which are absolutely wonderful and healing on so many levels. Um, very scientific behind it, how it helps you. Um, yeah. So they can, and, and also on, uh, on Instagram, M. Shailen, and then um, on Facebook, I have a group, uh, Mindful Metamorphosis, that I share a lot of great videos some of mine, but a lot of other people's too. You know, a lot of other people that I've listened to, really good talks, all kinds of things, uh, how technology or so cultivating self-love or dealing with strong feelings or whatever, training your brain, all kinds right. of stuff. And I share videos and, and, and articles about that to help people as well. She's in Austin, Texas, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love to, I also love to collaborate with other people, yeah. like, you know, online events or in-person events. And I definitely plan uh, working on, I'll soon, I'll soon have the, the, the another little uh, a, a label uh, as author. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's exciting. And I actually have an editor working with me now. Good. Uh, and so my, my book will be published uh, in the first quarter of next year, for sure, finally. Yeah. Good. I can't wait for it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Michelle, you're such a beautiful 
beautiful soul. I mean, obviously, like we could just talk and talk. I know. It's just like, (laughs) goes by like that. Thank you you for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. So, listeners, I assume because I'm always inspired by all these conversations. So, I assume that you're inspired too and that you've learned so many um, beautiful lessons of self love and honoring your emotions and just honoring who you are and where you are so that you can metamorphosize (laughs) and grow and evolve into this next more beautiful, loving version of yourself. So please subscribe to the wake up to real love podcast, give five-star reviews, share with all your friends, pass the love, share the love, because that's what we are all about raising the consciousness of the world to, you know, to, to bring more love into the world so that we all, you know, like eliminate the suffering or minimize the suffering and come to this place of beautiful bliss. Just need education and support on how to change. Yeah. 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 And so for anybody who wants to get in touch with me, I'm on all the the social medias as either Dawn Richard, S-H-A with an accent, R-D, or at The Awakening with Dawn. Uh, And you can feel free to send me a message. And I'm getting excited because I'm getting ready to launch a women's support group subscription thing. Uh, so that's, that's in the works. I'm really excited about that because I too want to educate and help, you know, help everybody learn how to, it's really like understand yourself better. Yes. You know, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to master this. It's like, well, we're constantly growing and evolving. Yes. So how can I just have that awareness and be more conscious and conscientious and yes. process my own stuff and, Blah, blah, you know, and create beautiful connections. I mean, that's what all of this is about. It's that the mantra of the podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Absolutely. That sets the foundation for everything else in your life. Yep. So I'm so thankful and grateful to you, Michelle. So thank, thank you so much for being here. It was am- you're amazing. You're amazing. You know how much thank I you. love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. So everybody, uh, every day, wake up to more and more real love. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.